What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 83 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by the man behind the scenes, the brains that makes this all work, the Oz behind the curtain, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I have a Persona 25th anniversary shirt I want to show off really quick. <laughs> all right, and we're also being joined by a very special guest this week, Christian. What's up, Christian? Hi, everyone. How's it going? Now, Christian, I think your name is mentioned as often, if not more, <laughs> than our names are mentioned every episode because of how much you're out there writing for the work print and stuff like that. So why don't you let people know a little bit about yourself, uh, your role at, at, at the work print, because that's where anybody who's been watching has heard you, about you before. What else do you have your hands in? And then also, why don't you tell us a little bit about your gaming preferences and your history with gaming? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I am the managing editor as of, I think, this month of thewordprint.com. Uh, I cover a little bit of everything. I'm the person who reaches out to all the PR people and try to get as much information, news, and stuff uh, that we can and uh, basically writes about it or um, asks other people to uh, write about it. We actually have a couple new team members who've just joined. Uh, I think this week there's somebody else we got on board that I need to talk to you about, uh, Bilal, uh, at some point this week. Don't worry about it. Damn, you've been uh, busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got somebody who wants to come in from uh, heypoorplayer.com, another site that I used to write for that I just left last month, but like um, another gaming person who might actually want to come to the podcast. I don't know. I got to ask him. But um, yeah, so yeah, I'm a writer, do all that stuff outside of that. Uh, I write screenplays and stuff. I'm taking some couple comic book classes, which is also why, uh, if you've noticed, the word print's been covering a lot of Marvel material. There's a reason for that, because I'm also trying to break into the industry. I'm taking classes with Scott Snyder, the author of Batman, uh, Night Court of Owls. Uh, yeah, and, like, what else am I doing? There's, like, a lot. Uh, kickstarting two comic book graphic novels this year, and uh, one is a horror-based one, and the other one is a... Kind of like zombie comedy is the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> and uh, gaming-wise, um, yeah, I, I write here. Uh, I've done coverage here before. I've done stuff for Hey Poor Player where I have uh, Metacritic and uh, Open Critic reviews up there. Um, at some point, I could link them. Uh, and I currently still write for thegamer.com, mostly doing listicles, but uh, perhaps more down the line. Um, and that's uh, Valnet subsidiary. They also are affiliated with like Game Rant and Screen Rant. Um, and that's kind of, I think that's everything really quickly. Um, I know there's a lot, but. Christian, um, you, you don't have kids, right? No, but I actually do have a nephew and a niece, and I, I babysit them quite a lot. So, um, especially during the, uh, I think when the pandemic began, they actually lived with us for a couple months. So, like, um, I've, I wear all the hats. But also, like, keep in mind that even though I do a lot, it's because my former career was somehow crazier than life now. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you kind of just learn to live with all the chaos. And no. So. And, yep. you know, I always say at the end of the podcast, but, Christian, you you are right now the soul and the fire that burns that keep the site together. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. I appreciate all the work you do and all the energy you bring to the site. Uh, without you, um, it would be a barren wasteland and the podcast with a good stream. I love that you guys do the, the gaming side, though, with the Twitch stream, because it is fun, and, like, we need more gaming coverage anyway, so. Yeah, no, ag agreed. What, so, speaking of gaming, what's a, if you had to say what your go-to genres are, I mean, we're going to get into what we've been playing lately, 
but mm-hmm. just a little bit about you know uh your history in, in, in gaming and what you normally like sure. to play yeah sure uh so like i have been gaming since uh probably like in the year 2000 uh <laughs> which makes me a little old um so i started with mostly real-time strategy games so i'm a huge i was a huge fan of blizzard with everything going on obviously it's hard to be a fan of blizzard these days but um yeah so starcraft warcraft that was originally kind of my thing um and then uh, afterwards, I kind of just got into RPGs and like adventure games, uh, anything with a really good story. I'm, I'm a huge narrative guy. I'm a writer myself. Uh, I would like to break into narrative writing for gaming. I've applied to a couple positions, but um, yeah, it's it's a hard thing to get into, but it is fascinating. So anything with a really dope story. That said, I'm a huge fan of Naughty Dog and what they do because like linear gameplay and the storytelling aspect there. Um, all the big RPGs like... Uh, uh, Fallout and Red Dead and uh, GTA, obviously, all that stuff. Um, and that's kind of it. Like right now, I'm playing The Witcher Three Wild Hunt just to get the platinum to kind of rub it into some of my game journalism friends' faces and be like, "Yo, look." Uh, <laughs> I, listen, I I I love The Witcher Three Wild Hunt so much. Actually, yeah. I think that is uh, that might be the last review I wrote for the work print back when I actually wrote reviews. For yeah. It uh that review killed me because <laughs> that is not a short game and it is not so i think you I had was, like three days to turn something around too <laughs> yeah yeah and so i i literally hit in like 50 plus hours in three days something like that and uh and got to a point where i was like okay i feel comfortable writing the review and Dude. i yeah. um i i mean i think Bilal mentioned this on the pre-show the fact that they're coming out with that next gen version of it is like real, real tempting to get back into it. Yeah. Um, listen, before we go any further and we talk about what we've been playing, there is another reason that we wanted to have you on the podcast, and uh, I want to point you to October second, the year twenty twenty one. Someone tweets, "One has to go. Which one is it?" <laughs> And it's a picture of burgers, wings, pizza, and tacos. Yo. It credits you that you haven't deleted it yet. It still seems to be appears on the right <laughs> Twitter. I will tell you, like, mark the date down. Okay. Yeah. And you have a link to this? You, so you responded, have... you responded uh, wings easily. Yes. I would like to thank you for coming on the podcast, but at this time, <laughs> no, so how, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. How is that possibly anybody's stance out of those four choices? You know, I mean, I listen, we all agree here that no, nobody in their right mind is picking pizza, right? Pizza is the goat. Pizza. Yeah. Standard, that's the standard. Yeah. Uh, I would argue that, I mean, uh, honestly, I would argue that wings are second to pizza, but so for me, the least versatile out of all of these is the burger. What? I do not under. Yeah, a, I mean a burger. At the end of the, and listen, and listen. This is burgers. We're not talking chicken sandwiches. We're not talking yeah. like you know. This is a straight up burger. How, how is that not the one to go? How many burgers can you, you can, possibly you can, eat? You can customize a burger. You can you put different types of cheeses, different types of vegetables. There's like a million ways to make a burger. Wings are wings, man. It's just a thing can, with oh, different yeah. sauces. That's oh no no no. First off, there's, have, there's grilled wings, there's boneless wings, there's uh, toss wings, there's breaded wings. There's so many different just base wings variety, and then you there get was... all the sauces in there, 
and it's just a medley of flavor. I mean, not for <laughs> nothing, but you don't go to a restaurant and go, let me get four different burgers, right? But you can go and go, let me get four different flavors of wings and just have a nice buffet in but front see, of you. See, that's the thing is, is you have to get multiple wings, though. Like, oh, I, you don't, I don't, you don't, want, you don't, you don't have to. I mean, everybody can go and just, you can just get the classic buffalo, but you have the option. It's the versatility in wings <laughs> that make them so necessary. Uh, I've had some very versatile burgers in my day, oh man. My like, you can you can make it in so many different ways. You can put all these different toppings inside. It's just it's a sandwich of beef. I mean, how can I not love that? Um, but yeah. Bilal, what's your stance on this? I, I mean, one of these I, has to go. I love burgers. I, the best meal of my life has been a burger. Uh, really? I, yeah. So what is it? It's wings, pizza, tacos, or. A burger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one of these has to go forever. For Forever? Forever. Now, you're talking about one singular best burger. I Okay, fine. I, th- not to say that the highs of burgers aren't possibly very, very high, because they are. I mean, there's been times where I've sat down and I've had a burger, and I was ready to go. Lord, take me right there. But... Just forever. You're, you're gonna, never going to have you're, it again. You're going to hate me for this, but it's a taco. All right, you know what? We're moving on. Yeah, you That was no. You're a nightmare. Uh-huh. You know what? You're worse than he is. You, you, this, 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 I agree. Uh, yeah. Well, if, if there's anything that blah, blah, ever you're out, Christian, free up your Wednesdays. All right. Because... <laughs> welcome, welcome to the last episode of the Gamescast again, <laughs> again. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's with that out of the way, and all the you know, the airing of grievances. Let's go ahead and get into what we've been playing. So it's been kind of a slow week as far as what we've been playing. Uh, Me, personally, I've been playing the usuals. You know, I've been playing Apex. I've been playing Halo. Uh, Nothing new to report there. I'm still hopelessly addicted to those games. But the one new game that I actually do want to talk about that I've gotten a chance to play is Kenna Bridge of Spirits. So, Bilal, I know when this launched, you actually played a little I bit of dabbled it with it. PC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Christian, you have a PS5. Have you played any of Kenna? No, actually. Uh, let me know, Ben. Okay, so I have put in... I, I am one-third of the way through the game. I sat down, started playing it, and obviously the one thing that stands out is how visually stunning it is. I mean, we use the, like, Pixar... A clip, mm-hmm. you know, of video games all the time, and this feels more like. Uh, although the art styles aren't the same, this feels more like what you're getting out of something like um, Kubo and the Two Strings, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Where like, yeah. this is not just nice looking; this is beautiful, and so that stands out right away. There's no denying that. I start playing the game, and I do not think it's anything special yeah i'm just like there's a lot of it you know i I think i said the same yeah (laughs) this game starts off and it is very much and i think some of the reviews touched touched on this when this game first came out it feels like a a very nice visual visually it looks like a game from 2021 gameplay wise it feels like a game from the PS3 era, Xbox 360, you know? uh, yeah, uh, PS3 era, and so 
that was my initial impression. Honestly, that was my impression for the first two hours I was playing the game. But, you know, I stuck with it. I continued to play it. <laughs> this game is that game, right? It is a third-person action-adventure linear platformer where there's a lot of you doing nothing, of you just walking down, a, like running down a path, getting to the next objective, then fighting a few enemies, running down a path, getting to, you know, it's a video game, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, then it gets to the first, like, real boss fight, okay? There are what I would say mini bosses throughout, and it's very much kind of hack and slash with a few dodging. You get to your first boss fight, and all of a sudden this game turns into effing Dark Souls. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am just dying over and over again and none of the strategies i used on anything previous is working here and i literally had to sit back and go all right if this was dark souls if this was a from game how would i play it and that's what i had to do to beat that boss so, so and you, you rolled around constantly and it wasn't even just that it was like all right i've seen this pattern i understand that this is the opening for me to use this ability this is where i have to roll towards them instead of rolling away from them like I have to try to parry these attacks that seem wholly unfair. And after, by the time that fight happened is when some of the storytelling elements, and this is a studio that this is their first time out making a game. They come from an animation background. Hmm. The story elements start to pick up and in a way that it, that, that also felt like, an animated movie, right? Where very much I wanted to just watch a series of movies based on this character and in this world rather than necessarily play this game. But after that boss fight, I did get that sense of satisfaction that you get from a From game. And I am, it's got its hooks in me. I, I, don't, I don't think this is like, hey, this is a top five. I don't even know if it's top 10 game of the year, honestly, at this point. But there very much is something there in this game. And as a first time out, I'm already excited to see what this studio can do next. You know, I, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that they have to modernize and they have to advance as far as, you know, gaming in, in 2022 is concerned. Um, but as a first time out, I mean, it looks gorgeous. It runs great. And there are some ideas here and there are some great, storytelling and, and, and animation there that I think it makes it a, a very worthy uh, game to go out and play and give a shot. Um, and it definitely showcases kind of like the power of the next generation as far as visuals are concerned. And so, That's yeah, cool. I am I am actually really digging it now to the point where I want to go back and play it. Like after this, that's what I'm probably going to go do is I think I will... I. Started the game yesterday. I think I will probably be done this game by the end of the weekend. And so that kind of just shows you, you know, how I feel about the game as a whole so far. Um, Damn, I'm going to check that back out. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Christian, why don't you go ahead and let us know what you've been playing lately? I should have let you go on first since you're the guest, but I'm a terrible oh. host. So <laughs> oh, that's fine. Uh, what is it? I'm playing the, I'm playing again uh, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt simply to platinum it, as I mentioned earlier. Um, it is one of the harder Platinums, I think, to get in the game, and I did waste a lot of time crossbowing somebody in the face 
because uh, that's one of the trophies is crossbow 50 enemies in the face. Why? I don't know. It was kind of a grindy thing. Um, but uh, playing through it again, especially after watching season two of The Witcher, uh, yeah, it's that's that's probably the big reason why I wanted to play through it is because like a lot of uh, game journalists I know were playing it again. I think because the season just wrapped and they were like really in the mood and it was like New Year's. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to dive into this too and see if I can get this medal. And now I just have to beat it on uh, the Death March mode, which I'm like halfway through already. Um, and it is, it's a really cool game and has so much story behind it. Um, there's this one YouTuber, I think his name is Latalis, who literally for the past five years has been making uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt videos because there was that much Easter eggs, that many weird story arcs and choice materials uh, in The Witcher 3 where you'd just constantly be unlocking different things like this many years like later. It's it's a really awesome story uh, in terms of like what uh, narratives and what things could be found and, and kind of... Uh, expanded upon and the dlcs were fantastic too but um so yeah i'm playing that one uh for now and then uh yeah, the free on playstation plus this month was um persona 5 strikers so immediately after this i'm gonna play that and then eventually horizon zero dawn which i'm gonna uh play and when it comes out in february which will be really cool um so. christian i just want to bring this up I gifted you a copy of persona 5 royal so you could play it during covid and you know relax yeah. You went ahead and platinumed it? Why? <laughs> Why would you go and platinum a game that long? That was also a great story. Like, that's the thing. Is I'm one of those gamers who doesn't play a lot of titles, but when I do, I will learn everything about your game. I will break it apart. I will find the weird Easter eggs. I'll go check the random room in the right to get that random item that gets you nothing but a free achievement trophy in the game, not even an online achievement trophy. I just do that because I like it, and I like seeing how games are built from beginning to end. So Yeah, see, I'm yeah. the complete opposite. I mean, my track record on here has is, is, been stated many times. I am very much the, just like I love multiple flavors of wings, I like to taste <laughs> everything, you know? And yeah. so don't get me wrong, I finished my meals, right? And so I play these games and I play them completion, but I am not the 100%er at all. Uh, and it's actually why games like, you know, The Witcher 3 is an exception, but games like Persona 5, I actually just got back, I didn't mention it because, you know, I've talked about it before, but I got back into that, progressed a little bit more in that. Uh, but just knowing yeah, I, how I, long I, I heard a lack is, of royal. I heard a lack of royal at the end of that. I already <laughs> put in... You skip the dialogue. You no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna skip the dialogue of Persona Five. Like I like the dialogue of Persona Five. But you you replay Royal, and you skip the dialogue to where you catch up. Eight hours is still the first dungeon. There's a lot of dialogue in that game. I love it, but I'm not gonna deny that. I am literally struggling. I am struggling playing a game of this length, and you want me to play the exact game plus more. I am not going to. The dungeon changes up. <laughs> There's new mechanics that are so much better, and a better story at the uh, that adds to the game's length. <laughs> it does, which is why I'm confused what Strikers is exactly because I never got to play it last year. So, um, but when I get, it's like a yeah, it's more or a sequel to yeah, yeah. Rob's gonna uh, hate me <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and so, but no, I I mean I totally respect. Anybody who's like, oh, I 100 percent of this game, 100 percent that game, like, I, I, especially games like Persona 5 Royal, like, I respect that. Just not yeah. necessarily my style of play. Uh, yeah, I mean, Blau, every game is different, so. Yeah, right. Below, what have you? Oh no, that's the thing I want to mention. Sorry, below. Yeah, we'll get to you. But uh, no, you mentioned that getting back into Witcher 3 was kind of spurred on by the fact that 
you finished the second season of The Witcher on Netflix. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that because I am currently playing a ton of Legends of Runeterra again and dabbling in League of Legends Wild Rift just because I finished Arcane. And I remembered that I, as much as I hate that game, uh, League of Legends that is, I love that world and I love the lore. And uh, and so I, I can totally, totally relate to that. And I love that we're able to do that, right? That like, as a kid, outside of maybe licensed games like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that and in the arcades, there wasn't a ton of like very good video games based on properties that I love. And now it feels like we're getting the best of, best of both worlds, and that's that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Just wait till the metaverse comes out, guys. Uh, oh God. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've been playing a lot of VR lately, but we're not gonna talk about that here. All right, uh, Bilal, what what have you been playing? So I've been dabbling uh, with a few things. I haven't had too much time to sit down. Uh, I've rediscovered my love for Halo's multiplayer by just playing Fiesta mode. They had brought back that uh, Tenrai Samurai event. Uh, I think I did all but three challenges, but just yeah. firing up um, Fiesta and playing a couple of matches every day, it's the ni- it's like the nicest, relaxing mode um, out there. Um, you know, it's not, ser- <laughs> I, it's not serious. I know I, I, it's not serious, but I couldn't disagree more about it being relaxing. Because every time I get a kill or two and then turn a corner to eat a rocket, I want to throw my <laughs> controller through the TV. I like I, I. It's just what Halo is to me as a multiplayer yeah. game. It's you can come back from a fight. You can turn it around. You can have some amazing plays. I was doing the most ridiculous shit, uh, and I haven't touched that game in like three weeks. And I was amazed that like yeah. that muscle memory was still there. Uh, so it, it's been a bunch of fun uh, just diving back into that. No, I mean, I agree yeah. that Fiesta. I think Fiesta is a lot of fun, and I am trying to take it less serious, and that does help. You yeah. Know? Uh, I think it's great also for trying to complete challenges, especially when you have weapon specific challenges. And so I've been enjoying it more because of that. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I think the problem I run into is every time I play Ranked Arena, um, I do well, and then I get – or three of us do well, and there's a one person on our team with, like, five kills and 17 deaths, and it's just, like, we can't carry that one guy while everyone else on our team has, like, 12-plus kills. Um, and so it's it, – it, that gets a bit frustrating where it's – just banging your uh, head against uh, <laughs> the wall. That's um, literally how I play FPS games. So yeah, yeah. I'm not like like I, I, I don't care about kill. I don't care about kill death, but I would just like the teams to be even instead of having one right. person that's just dragging us down completely. And I understand yeah. some people have bad games, but it's just like game after game. I feel like that's the scenario I've been. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel I I feel like that all the time when I'm playing with my friends. <laughs> No, some of them are some of them are in the chat, so I had to take a thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, what else have you been playing? So, uh, touched a little bit more second thoughts. Not enough, but I need to get through that this weekend before our game of the year discussion. Uh, might you have, have to. I might. I to. might ask you to push that back one more week if I don't. Well, get no. Through. So, so yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing I realized. Yeah. Is that the as far as that is concerned, this is next week is going to be our the yeah. work print game of the year, right? And so there are games that you are going to champion that I haven't touched yeah. enough of, I haven't played enough of. 
there's going to be games that I'm going to champion that you haven't played enough of, you know, and that's okay. You know, yeah. there, I have, I foresee a game being in our top five that I did not play. Okay. Right. And I think that's totally fine. You know, I think you understand. I think I, I'm, I'm so happy think, that you think that highly yeah. of Scarlet Nexus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I think that. I think you've played enough. I think I can make the argument for why that game is going to be as okay. high as I think that game is going to be. I, and I, I think, I think we'll be, I think we'll be fine. I don't, like, you don't have to kill yourself. I mean, part of the reason we brought this podcast back and one of the things we yeah. agreed on was that we weren't going to force ourselves to play every, even though yeah. we tend to do it anyway. But we weren't going to force yeah. ourselves to play every new game that came out, and we weren't going to force oh. ourselves to talk about every single story that was out like yeah it, it, it's it's fine but for know? for me with psychonauts it's every time i die back into that game every time there's a cutscene and like a development in that story i freaking love it like i just did the yeah. uh, like the mind connection stuff and um i forget the head lady's name hollis was it when you go into her brain and you change her mind to send everyone on that mission the way the mind connection stuff works it's both hilarious and it's and it's and it's fantastic. Like like the way it works with the themes of the game, uh, the, the mind and everything. It's it's so good. And this is like the first couple of hours of the game. It's not even that far in. And like I'm so intrigued by it. And it works so well. And yeah. I want to see this through because I want yeah. to be there with you when you're saying when you're talking about how good this game is and how, how why it should be our number one game. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I think I <laughs> listen. I think that game is gonna be very high. I'm gonna yeah. argue for that game to be very high. I, I think it's uh I, and not to give anything away for next week, but I yeah. think we're probably gonna have a consensus on what ends up being our number one. Okay. Um. Yeah. But, but it's it it very well maybe like my personal number one. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um. Um. I I, I played more Mario Party. Uh. Superstar. Of course. Of family. course. You did. Uh, I finally won one. I met my brother-in-law. Like fantastic at mini games some of the best luck I have seen in Mario Party. It, it was not even funny. Uh, I decided to duel him, uh, and when we duel in this household, the house rule is you wager all your coins. Uh, mm. And so I lost about 50-ish coins to him off the bat, and it, it didn't go well for me uh, from there. Uh, but I finally did win one, uh, which felt nice. Um, and then I played... I'm almost done with that first case in Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. What is law? In that story, because how many I, witnesses I, lie? How many people have secret identities, and like, I, the judge still holds their testimony? I need, I need to go. I need to get back to that series. I need to put the suit back on. I need to continue to play through that game because that was one of the things that when I did that first stream. And listen, now I got the technical difficulties worked out. But when I did that first stream, that was one of the things I talked about. Was this? This is not how. <laughs> This is just not how it works. You know, I, this is not I, how I, they talk about like and they talk but there about, are some things that are similar. So. Yeah, they they do talk about how like you know this type of law and the court system is new in Japan. But you're just like you're like, but why are we listening to these people that have clearly lied and are yeah. changing up their story? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, no, yeah, but th that's about all I've been playing um, this week. Um, but. It, all great stuff, and we, I, you know, there's a lot more coming out. So I do want to wrap up at least Psychonauts uh, by next week. Uh, yeah, there is a extraction. A, oh yeah, 100. Because I'm excited for that. We got to play some of that. I think I might stream it. And uh, there's another game actually that I 
started playing. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, yeah, I saw uh, you from, it. Yeah, I played from last year. Uh, that had got a lot of hype behind it, and so I decided that I would go ahead and and play some of it. And uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm enjoying it so far. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it is very cool. So I'm uh, not gonna sleep tonight, and then tomorrow night, and the night after, and I'll try playing those two games. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Let's uh go ahead and get into the news before we start reading, because we have a ton this week. I do want to remind anybody who's watching live on the chat over at twitch.tv slash the workprint that at the end of the news, if you have any questions, you want to tell us what you would choose as far as the, the food that has to go, anything you want to talk about, we can do that <laughs> after the news and it's your time to actually be a part of the show. Let's go ahead and get right into the news. Starting off, we have Netflix is planning on making a Sp Scott Pilgrim anime. I'm so hyped about this. I only, okay. I'm excited about this too. So, so I know it's a TV show, but Scott Pilgrim has more gaming references than anything. Um, and it honestly might be the best video game movie ever made, uh, even though it's not a video game. But it did spawn <laughs> on a great beat-em-up. It uh, did, yeah. It, it, yeah, that was really popular. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually was playing that last year. When did the, the re-release come out? Was it last year? Yeah. yeah. In the beginning of some more last of that. year. And it still, it still holds up, man. It's still yeah. a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm super excited for this. I also have, uh, I'm pretty confident that I read all of the graphic novels as well. Um, I got Brian Lee O'Malley to sign my um, sixth volume of uh, at San Diego Comic Con. I found him on the show floor, and it was one of my favorite memories from a convention. <laughs> That's really cool, man. So, the series has yet to be officially ordered, but. They did. It is reported that Science Saru, the anime anime production studio behind Devilman, Crybaby, Night is Short, Walk on Girl, and Ping Pong the Animation, is slated to animate the series. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for this. Uh, Bilal, you sound excited. Christian, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm, I'm excited too. I'm a huge Scott Pilgrim fan, and it's Netflix. I mean, at this point, because uh, they just spurn out content left and right, like they'll just. I think it'll be fine. And I, th I think, like, the studio behind uh, Devilman Crybaby, I think that series did win, like, Anime of the Year, the year it came yeah. out. Yeah. So. I, I have been sort of job hunting Netflix positions. Uh, knows. Uh, but uh, I do know that they're, like, quadrupling down on animation, so it kind of makes sense why they're doing this. Like, they're they're really gung-ho about getting as much on there animated-wise. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I as far as... Uh adaptations in animation netflix has been killing it i mean that castlevania anime is absolutely fantastic was absolutely fantastic i talked about earlier my love of you know arcane and yeah. everything that series did and so yeah cannot cannot wait all right this next bit of news is a, a little bit sad for me uh after sony passed on days gone 2 the devs pitched an open world resistance reboot now Listen, I had no interest in playing Days Gone. I think I have it downloaded and installed on my <laughs> PS5 as part of that PlayStation Plus collection, but haven't yeah. touched it. And nothing about it interests me at all. But I would have loved an open world shooter set in the Resistance world. I never I think, played the Resistance games. I just never got oh around to God. it on the PS3. Um, all right. How were they? So they were... Fantastic. Not perfect. And I think part of the reason they, part of my reason is that 
visually those games got very muddy right mm-hmm. and, and this is the ps3 era so you're seeing a lot of this is ps3 360 era so you're seeing a lot of browns in games you know and the visual fidelity is not quite there so i think as far as visual clarity in the sense of like it's sometimes hard to actually make out what's going on on the screen i think that's where some of the games suffered but it, resistance was a game made by insomniac with everything that insomniac does well in mm-hmm. a first person shooter so you're talking creative fun weapons the same that you get in ratchet and clank like that was over there in in resistance and i i would have loved to kind of get i would love to get a sci what essentially would have been a sci-fi far cry with fun weapons like i i i would absolutely be in for something like that far cry 6 resistance <laughs> you know what? it's here's 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 one of the things you i mean you mentioned that right but i wish that established franchises like far cry like and actually far cry does it with their spin-offs a little bit but mm-hmm. like call of duty like battlefield i wish they would stop dipping their toes in fun ideas and just go full on like hey this year we are going like full sci-fi we are going full fantasy even you know like give me a game that controls like call of duty but i am a van helsing type character and that's what i'm you know that's the the campaign i'm going through there i think there was a call of duty pitch if i recall correctly that was supposed to be like um ancient roman times something like that with like a spear (laughs) but activision was like no yeah, <laughs> they're like that's not gonna make us money. <laughs> no, I mean, I, listen, I I would I would love for studios to to do stuff like that, and that's kind of what Resistance did, right? Is Resistance mm-hmm. took itself very serious, but mm-hmm. played in sci-fi with these fun weapons, and I I I wish we got more stuff like that, you know. Uh, I totally agree with you in that sense. Um, I never played Resistance, but I know how groundbreaking it was for the next generation of console gaming. Um, I do think that the open world model is having its own, like, kind of set of problems and how to monetize it, uh, particularly now, because everyone sort of tried to do it and it hasn't been super successful. I know Amazon tried to do their own open world just recently. Um, so, yeah, uh, it would have been cool to see. I don't know if that's particularly the future of gaming, though, personally. Or at least no, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with you for the for the most part. I yep. think that there has been a saturation of open world. Not everybody has done it well. I yep. think that I think that I love Halo's approach to an open world where it essentially is this open hub that yeah. when you go to the levels, you find them in the world. Actually, <laughs> Halo and uh, Bowser's 3D World, which came out this past year, kind of have a lot in common where... Yes, it is this open world, but they are segmented off sections, right? The levels yeah. are their own thing. And so I like that approach. I also like a very focused, I would prefer a focused, dense open world to like a sprawling, massive open world. I think that's kind of Far Cry's problem. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Just how bloated and big that, that has gotten. Actually, Assassin's Creed suffers from that a little bit too, as well. Lately. I, I mean, I, I, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I, I love I love Valhalla, yeah. but once I like I, I got to a certain point where I was like, all right, I just I need to mainline this. Mm-hmm. If I don't mainline this, I'm just not going to finish it. And so I do think that there 
is a nice balance to be found there. I don't think that open world necessarily has to mean 60 plus hours, you know? Um, And so I would love a studio to just kind of find, not that they would have, honestly, I, while I would have loved to play an open world resistance, just because I would love to play another resistance, I don't know if they're necessarily the studio that I would want handling that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then again, we've got, you know, what is it? Uh, You know, Guerrilla Games transitioning and doing something like uh horizon and yeah. i was not a fan of their past stuff so studios can you know switch up and, and make it work i am i do agree with you about the open world fatigue uh it's been very hard for me to go back to anything that's open world i try to go back to valhalla it's just it, it's time consuming and yeah. i know you know i'm trying to prepare myself for horizon i i mean i love uh zero dawn and i'm really excited for forbidden west but we also have elden ring coming out as well that's open world and it's like i got very much breath of the wild feels uh uh from that technical test and it it's i don't know how big that world is gonna be and i just yeah and we got dying light too which is <laughs> um, yeah you know yeah. which is another big i wish they staggered a little bit there's a lot at once but yeah yeah it, it, it's a lot at once and i think like open world fatigue is a thing that can and i think that's what days gone suffer from like for the people that have played it they, they at least said it's fun yeah maybe the story and maybe there's some issues with bugs and stuff that have gotten patched out over time i i have friends that rave about days gone that they really enjoyed it the game still managed to sell eight million copies and so i'm shocked <laughs> that there's not a days gone too i don't know how many of those were on sale but i still think eight million copies with majority of those on sale is still a lot of money um it is but apparently they were gunning for a lot bigger of a target which makes me very surprised but okay that's like square um, enix with the tomb raider reboot where they're like we wanted uh, it wasn't a success and it sold gangbusters <laughs> yeah yeah all right we've got E3 2022 goes online only amid pandemic fueled by Omicron variant. Rob, we're uh, never going to get to go. <laughs> we're never yeah, going to uh, get to go. This is like, it very is like, everybody who's been in the industry, well, for the I shouldn't say that. There are a lot of people who have been in the industry for a long time who are like, you, you really don't want to go to E3. Yeah. Right? Like, E3 is it's not a big, like, it's not, it's not fun if you're not with one of these publications where you get behind the scene demo, like behind door demos and stuff like that. Uh, it's just not as exciting, but it very much is like a bucket list thing, right? Yeah. Like as somebody who grew up on gaming, I would love to just be able to say that I went once it, you know what it is? It's E3 and it's Evo. Those are the two yeah. things that like, I just want to go to once mm-hmm. that being said, there was no chance I was going this summer, even if it yeah. wasn't. But like, I I 100% understand them doing this. I will say though that, you know, it, it is just another step in the or another bullet point for the people who are like, is E3 going to be necessary? Real, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. viable at this point. Is, yeah. Yep. I mean, with with so many different studios just doing their own breakouts, like. I think it would be a bummer because I do think that having a kind of organized collective, hey, this is the spotlight on gaming for this week, I think it does bring a ton of attention and it does get picked up by like major news outlets and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, most Nintendo Directs don't get picked up by major news outlets. They just don't. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting um... what happens next year. 
Yeah, the only the only thing I'm feeling really bad about with E3 being canceled, I, I mean, it makes sense. Omi's everywhere, but um, I know a lot of journalists like myself who are like freelancers who are really looking forward to this event, and were kind of just like dashed in terms of like their hopes of like networking and being able to just shake hands and stuff. But um, with the exception of that, yeah, like it's the right call, but you do feel kind of bad because there's a lot of game like very hungry games journalists right now um, who are very much wanting to go to e3 again um or at least go for the first time so for that generation of journalists uh sorry (laughs) i I think for me a big part of it as well is just the personalities that you do see at evo um like yeah you can go online only but you lose the personalities the uh in-person atmosphere that kind of just like you feel that hype like I remember when Dragon Ball Fighter Z came out and how much, like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not a fighting game person. Like, I'll play one, but I don't get deep into it because I just don't find. I, I feel my time is being wasted trying to learn a fighting game that I'm not going to be playing with anyone I know because nobody I know plays fighting games, uh, besides yeah. Smash. And so it, it was just always nice seeing like those competitions, the crazy moves, the upsets, uh, the stories that would come out. Like, I loved reading those articles coming out of Evo. Uh, like chronicling like everything I would need to know, uh, you know all the big moments, and so just like losing that these last couple of years kind of sucks. And so you know, yeah. I I think E three you don't need it. You can still do crazy events. Like I, yeah. I think all the publishers, uh, and console developers have shown that, um, over the last two years. And so yeah, so be it. I like, mean, I, and like here's the thing: I've been to PAX East, and waiting in line to play games is not fun so it's like you only want to go as press so you can schedule appointments i mean yeah i mean you mentioned it yourself i i do play a lot of fighting games i'm dog water at all of them (laughs) but i i do dabble in in them for a few weeks when they release and i you know there's a couple that i i would stick with but evil was always is always this thing where like for that weekend like that's what's on my tv the whole time you know and i'm bouncing from stream to stream, game to game, and just watching all these people like, be the best in a genre that I'm terrible at, but is also <laughs> very fun to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I am more, I would agree, I'm more disappointed about, like, Evo than I am about E3, but I still, I still like the idea of an E3. Um, all right, speaking of covid and and the global pandemic bioware to adopt remote work options for employees i i I honestly put this story here because i just want my job to go fully remote as well and stop (laughs) bullshitting us with you come into work two days a week for what (laughs) for what (laughs) so yeah and a blog post they stated that our goal is to lean into the things everyone likes about working from home while also giving people the opportunity to return to the office with more flexibility Going forward, we'll have new challenges with a hybrid approach to work and are focused on new tech that will help maximize collaboration and communication between on-site and remote people. That was by general manager, studio general manager, Gary McKay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a no-brainer. I think this is the reality of our world today is that as much as these big companies you know, have to justify the what is their, most of the time their biggest over, you know, cost, is the actual physical buildings themselves and the the rent on them or the mortgages on them, um, the leases on them. And it it still is just like, 
we have shown in situations like this where it can be done this way and it's the right way to go going forward, you know? Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I was just talking to somebody the other day and I remember when all of this started, you know, where we had, it was like February of 2020 and we had a bachelor party that we were going to in San Diego and we were all like, ah, are we going to go? Should we go? Blah, blah. Like, you know, and some of us were like, you know what? We're going to go. We're going to be safe. We're mostly just going to be hanging out in, you know, in uh, an Airbnb anyway. We're not like, and we're not going to clubs and stuff like that. That's just not us. And so we went and we remember talking about it and being like, you know, hopefully it'll only be a couple more months. <laughs> and here we are, January 12, 2022. Almost and, year three. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's nuts, man. But this yeah. is the reality of, of our world now and the world going forward. And um, I, I will say that the one thing you will lose out on, which actually could be a benefit, is the crunch culture of like AAA studios and stuff. Like, I, I don't know a single indie uh, studio or like developer who was really suffering from like work from home pandemic related crap, right? But like, I know for the big, the big people who are like, we need to release this within a year, et cetera. Um, not being able to have everyone on site and kind of like improv and like mess around has, you know, kind of delayed a little bit of release dates and then kind of like affected the work culture. But I think that might be a good thing, to be honest. I think it's better to plan out and stretch things out than like force a, a big th reveal every year. You know, it's I don't know. Maybe that's just me, though. But No, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you, but I also think that. You know, one of the things that has come out in the wake of people working from home is that people are like naturally putting in more hours for whatever reason from home, uh, yeah. partly because they feel like they don't want it to seem like they're not working, you know, um, which is also why the, I, I don't know, realist, you know, uh, pessimist, whatever you want to call it, in me is like, yeah, th this makes sense for some of these studios to go because I'm sure they are seeing even more work out of out of their employees and so yeah um yeah, it does i'm oh, sorry go ahead. no no go ahead i was gonna say it does make it a little complicated though because i know some studios they really uh sold the whole you want to come on campus you want to see like what it's like working in yeah. like games like the the areas because it's i've toured uh both riot and activision blizzard and yeah their studios were amazing uh yeah. the culture is cool there's like a million different gaming related things and they encourage you to play 24 7 and hang out but that's the catch is like they they want you on site yeah, for right. those particular things yeah. so this whole pandemic has kind of shifted the work culture and uh i think again uh i, I do think it's possible to work remotely i do worry that when you lose that, like, we're forced to be together in this messy bubble creative space, um, you kind of lose something in translation. And I think that's a big reason why you're seeing a lot of AAA delays, personally. But I do think it's better health-wise overall, though, to, to delay. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, I could just tell you from my own personal situation, just, like, being able to work from home and see my son throughout the day. Something I wouldn't have been able to do before I left. It's it's a it's a big thing. It's like I would see him in the morning when he wakes up, and then I would see him right before he's going to bed, and I I would lose all the all this time. And so yeah, you know, I, there's benefits to it as well. Uh, I think for a lot of people, and the flexibility. Like as long as you have a good manager who doesn't sit on top of you trying to micromanage you, and they trust you to get your work done and get your work done, I think it's a win for everybody. You just gotta manage. I think like it comes down to everybody. You have to manage your own hours and how many, how much 
work you're going to put in. Like, you're only – if you're working 9 to 5, you work 9 to 5. If you're working anything more, that's on you. And if the expectation becomes, like, this is the guy that works more, you do that yourself. Uh, so mm-hmm. you got you got to just, you know, be able to put your foot down uh, where you can and then have your work respect that. All right. Moving on, we got PUBG goes free-to-play with rewards for past buyers. Now, this was actually announced during the Game Awards uh, a month ago, two months ago? A month, a month ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And it's official. It has gone free-to-play. And what they've done is for those of us who actually purchased the game when it released, suckers like myself, it, <laughs> we bought it twice. <laughs> yeah, we are getting upgraded to what they call Battlegrounds Plus. Otherwise available for twelve ninety nine. It offers both ranked and custom match play, which is not available in the free-to-play accounts, a 100% XP boost, 1,300G coins, and a matching gloves, mask, and hat set. Those who bought the game will also get a special commemorative pack of in-game cosmetics. Cool. Um, Yeah, I think that's doing right by, you know, the the people who got you there. Yeah, exactly, right? And so, no, I I think that's totally the right move to to make and and good on them for even doing that um and that's it i mean the thing is like as of all the, uh, the battle royale games yeah. i'm playing these days pubg just isn't one of them yeah. but i still do have great memories from playing pubg that was and, that was a great time like it uh, the the footprint pubg left mm-hmm. on what multiplayer games could be was outstanding um and I, i'm glad i'm glad it came in I got, i'm glad battle royales became a thing yeah. um for the i mean even into the pandemic it was just something you could do with friends whether it was PUBG, whether it was apex whether it was uh fortnite like you just you and your friends jumped on it was great and girls just sat there are like our significant others were just like what is going on yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of 20 somethings we brought our consoles together and like a monitor so we could play fortnite together it was hilarious uh <laughs> i love that trip that was such a good trip with my cousins <laughs> um i haven't been to 20 something in a while anyway <laughs> uh, Shh, don't don't let them know <laughs> don't let the audience know how old we all are <laughs> Next we've got Tabletop Simulator removes global chat. Every game should do this. I don't care what your community is like. Every game should get rid of global chat. Didn't global League chat as well? is the worst. Uh, yeah, League got rid of... All chat. All chat, yeah. yes. Um, and they stated that moderation has failed its customers. So Berserk Games, developer of Tabletop Simulator... Court of controversy this week after a gay trans user shared her experiences with its moderation team. Uh, claimed she was banned from global chat for referring to herself as trans and gay. This user and others shared screenshots that appear to show tabletop similar banning any users who say the phrase, I'm gay. Um, the developer has said that it's reevaluating its moderation policies. Uh, listen, I, I have never ever played a game where I thought global chat was a great idea. Even in an MMO, <laughs> it never felt safe to me. No. It's always just like, and don't get me wrong, this isn't, the reality, I, th- I like to think that the reality is, is that the worst kind of people are the vocal minority, right? And they're the ones that are in there abusing it. And there, uh, there are tons of players like me who just don't engage in global chat at all. So 
you're just not seeing that there are people out there who aren't like this. Um, this is interesting that it's not even that their chat was going rampant. It was more so just that they just don't have. I mean, it really is just the moderation failed their 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 people. They just don't. It, they almost had too heavy of a hand in how it handled their global chat, and so you know why the why while they are taking it down, they are reassessing how to kind of fix those shortcomings. And I think that's the right move. You know, I didn't. Know I also you could play tabletop simulator with randoms like that. Oh yeah, I've done. I mean, people, I've done it. You know, I've gone in. And especially with new games, there's a lot of people who will pit up uh, lobbies of games, especially ones that are a little bit more complicated. And they'll say right there in the, the title, like, hey, come play. We're teaching. I'm Ooh. teaching. You know? Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I th actually think Tabletop Simulator as a whole has been uh, has a pretty decent community. But, um, you know, good on them to actually go ahead and, and try to make this right. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? I think admitting that something has failed goes a long way because I think a lot of people get very defensive uh, from the get-go. So good on yeah, them. I mean, yeah. It is also tough, though, because it is one of those things where, like, the people who have been affected have already been affected, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. they've already been hurt. They've already been burned. They've already been scorned. Yeah. Uh, I think that while this is a good move to kind of avoid that from happening in the future, it, it doesn't fix what happens to them, yeah. you know, and so... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if we planned our podcast better, we would have had this story right after we were talking about Battle Royale's Attack on Titan comes to <laughs> Call of Duty, Warzone, and Vanguard. Uh, okay, so I got this press release, and I was very confused that Call of Duty got Attack on Titan and not Fortnite. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so Call of Duty has had some IP yeah. crossovers. They don't get quite as much attention as the Fortnite ones do, because Fortnite gets these really big all ones the and they get them all the time yeah mm -hmm. but uh i mean call of duty ha did have you know some slasher horror icons come into the game as cosmetics uh they also had um I'm trying to think of some of the other ips it's just so it's, it's funny like i said they don't get as big of ones as say fortnite but this isn't unusual for them to get this uh the reason this is kind of making news is that this is trash it's such a bad it is bundle like everything in it the first off the guns are and listen call of duty warzone has done guns where they straight up just have like anime girls on the guns right mm -hmm. they straight up have flowers or they have they have designs on the guns you know mm -hmm. and so you could have released blueprints that just had like characters from the game on the guns and people would have been excited and happy about that instead they have if you didn't know that these were based on attack on titan they would just look like any of the other games that fit I, into the game i don't know? know what i'm looking at for these weapon blueprints yes exactly uh i think the coolest thing about this is actually the titan piercers as a yeah. melee weapon in the game i mean that is undeniably cool and and some of the, the uh, like the finish sticker Nice. Yeah, and and the finishing move, like some of that stuff, yeah. is 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 cool. I think the biggest problem with this is that the way cosmetics work in Warzone and Call of Duty in general is they have to be slapped on a, an operator that already exists in the game. You know, mm -hmm. 
And so it becomes much easier when you're doing like flasher icons, you know, when you're doing a uh, ghost face, right? Because you just throw a mask on one of your operatives. When you are trying to have someone styled like a certain property, it just looks unnatural and awful. You know, <laughs> they have the survey corpse that they threw on one of their operators, uh, Daniel Yatsu, and it's modeled after, and they even said in the blog post that it's modeled after Levi Ackerman. And it just, I mean, it, it, it's, it's bad. It looks like a K-pop boy band member. Like I, listen, a really I'm old not, guy from a K-pop band. <laughs> I, I'm not even like, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Attack on Titan. That's not to say that I don't like it. I just haven't, I'm not caught up. I, I stopped like after season two. I oh, think. okay. Um, That's understandable then. It's just, it's, it's just one of those things where like, I I understand why people love Attack mm -hmm. on Titan. I understand why people love a lot of anime in this vein. Mm -hmm. I just I just can't deal with every like show and anime being overly depressing in that it, and it feeling like insurmountable and just like inevitable that things are going to go wrong. You know, it's one of those things where like I have to pick and choose. And so for me, instead of Attack on Titan, I started watching uh, The Promised Neverland. And so that's where it, I get my depression that, from. That any, okay, I was going to say, is that any better? <laughs> okay. Uh, and no, it's just, it's just like, I just can't. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, people, I think people who love, like, Attack on Titan and, and animes like that and shows like that in that vein, I think they also, the people who, who don't like Gon from Hunter x Hunter, right? Uh, I, I think they're. Hunter, Hunter. Oh, okay. Well, he's very much your typical like. He's like the uh, uh, Deku. Okay. Right. It's like this is your pure. Although I'm not caught up on that either. But like your pure, your like your shonen Superman, boy. You're, right. You're yeah. Shonen boy. Yeah. And so, and I tend to like that's the kind of stuff I like. Yeah. You know, I like to root for the nice people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, are either of you guys? I know you're Bilal. You're caught up, right? On uh, we talked about this before. Uh, I, I've I've read all of it, so I know where it's headed. But the final, like, okay. this is timed around the final season, which just started right. this past weekend. Part part um, two of the final season. Yeah, yeah. Um, sounds. It, it does get dark. It does get lighter in the sense of hope, and pretty badass. But I, I, I'll say catch up. It's uh, I will. It, I will. It, it, At some it, point, it, I will. It's it's gonna be a fun ride. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get my wife to uh, finally watch. It. <laughs> What about you, Christian? You you uh, Attack on Titan fan at all? I've only seen uh, half of the first season, okay, so okay. but I, it is amazing. Um, just like you, I don't really I want to uh, pace myself in terms of depressing stuff to watch. Yeah, anymore. right. Yeah, I did, we're like, still we're near three of pandemic. I'm like I, yeah, let's yeah, <laughs> something I was, happy. Or stupid. <laughs> I, I was um I wasn't a big fan of the first season like a lot of people were. Um, I thought it was a bit slow. Uh, but I did get what people liked about it. Then mm -hmm. once the pandemic started, I watched all three seasons probably in a week, and I was all in by like season two uh, when like the plot twists start kicking in, and you're just like, "What is happening?" <laughs> and uh, it, it it's been a fun ride for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, speaking of depression, <laughs> Lego delays Overwatch two set over concerns about Activision Blizzard workplace <laughs> culture. Because yeah. this is good. Because, because yeah. 
this is an episode of the Work Prince Gamescast. We are talking about Activision Blizzard again because they cannot stay out of the news. I mean, yeah, I agree. Good on Lego, like, yeah. You know, but it's just like, oh my god, this is. You know what? This Activision Blizzard and all of its chaos and stuff like that is going to outlast this pandemic. I, I believe it. Uh, uh, if they fire Bobby, I think it'll get better. Uh, yeah, but they're just, just they've already I mean, yeah, I agree, but I also think that they're just not going to do that, you know, cuz more has to go wrong. What if I know. More... Rob, what, what if Bobby Kodak discovers the cure for the coronavirus? <laughs> Listen, I I've already watched like you know, I watched Dune earlier this year. I don't need another white savior story. I'm good. <laughs> All right. who, anyway, who is, who is the Duncan Idaho of the coronavirus? <laughs> um, good, good on Lego though for, for doing yeah. it. So just, yeah. just just a little background on this: the Lego Group has indefinitely delayed the release of a new Lego set based on Overwatch 2, according to a statement from the company posted by the Brick Fan. Lego said the decision to pu push back the set comes as the company is reviewing its partnership with Activision Blizzard over concerns about the how the game publisher is handling allegations of a toxic workplace culture and gender discrimination at the company. Their mm -hmm. statement released Tuesday says in full, we are currently reviewing our partnership with Activision Blizzard, which that's what everybody's saying, right? Everybody is saying... Yeah. Sony, Microsoft. Microsoft, we're currently reviewing... Yeah. Nintendo, we are currently reviewing our partnership yeah. with... But at least they're going the extra step and saying, we are putting a pause on this release. Yeah. Um... I but to be fair, it also works in their favor because that game isn't going to come out, out this year. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. I, was, I was surprised because like there's Merc coming out for this before. The yeah, this was like an opportunity. <laughs> they haven't even shown gameplay for Overwatch 2. <laughs> or have they? They haven't. Uh, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Not really, right. Yeah. I think they've showed redesigns of some of the characters because they're getting yeah. visual upgrades, some of them. But that's it. That's as far as it goes. <sighs> I think Overwatch 2 is still gonna is still gonna sell well though. That's the sad part about all this. <laughs> that even after all this, I, I think Blizzard's. Oh, gonna I mean, be... I mean, the, listen. The heart, the the reality is, is that like Blizzard games are gonna sell. You know, Activision yeah. games are gonna people, sell. People like, love them. Like, yeah. I mean, I I do too. But like, I can't deny all the fucked up shit that's happened. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Next bit of news: GTA publisher Take Two acquiring mobile games giant Zynga and twelve point seven billion dollar deal. First off, I forgot Zinga even Zynga even existed because there was yeah. this like height of the early 2010s where I feel like they were on top of the world, and uh, and yeah, I mean they 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 not the only background. yeah they no not only are still around but they sold for 12.7 billion. Dollars. If you Making need a it, reminder, Bethesda was what eight billion. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. This deal is one of the biggest in video game acquisition history, exceeding the buyout of Zenimax Media, which is that Bethesda deal, and Ten Cent's purchase of Supercell. Um, so this one's a little complicated. Zing, even though it did sell for that much, Zynga was worth a lot more in the early 2010s because everyone thought they were going to be like the biggest uh, mobile gaming and like Facebook gaming. Uh, yeah, it's also, yeah it's, it's also around the time where people were like, hey, console gaming is dead. Mobile is the future, right? Like yeah. they were kind of the reason that got as much push behind it and got as much uh, 
you know, yeah. uh, talk as it so, did is because of Zynga. Yeah. So like, uh, for Zynga, I think this was a win because like they were they were dying regardless. For take two, it's gonna take time to see if this was worth it. Um, I do think that. It'll, it will help their mobile division, because I know that they've been trying to push that for a while, and this is a direction that they have been wanting to go, especially with all the, the uh, online content regarding uh, GTA and, and the whatnot. But, like, I, I don't know. It, this was... It, there's potential, but it also could look really stupid in, like, a year. But we'll see, you so, know? I know uh, Take-Two has come out, and or Rockstar has come out and said, like, hey, we're, like, the future of Midnight Club will likely be mobile. And so yep. Zynga has, his, they know how to do microtransactions, they know how to create games that um, can have long tail in, in terms of, um, you know, monetization. Uh, put out something free, get people in, keep people hooked. Um, that's a company that knows how to do that well, uh, based off their library of games. Um, and so... You take properties from uh, Take Two, you make a Grand Theft Auto mobile game. Could you just imagine how much money that game would bring in? Uh, doesn't even matter if it's good or not. It'll bring in enough money to be worth the effort. I think that's the idea. Yeah, and, and but like, we'll see how it actually turns out. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot to add the story, but um, just uh, there was the story from Bloomberg about uh, Ken Levine and his studio over at take yeah. two about the new bioshock game that they're working on and how it's a mess how ken levine's vision keeps changing and they're just cutting games worth of content because he's changing his mind over and over again and he's a lot they're allowed to do this because ken levine lives in around like essentially like a rounding error he can take as long as he want as he wants just because um gta online is making so much money that they their hopes just lie in in ken levine making one game that will sell gangbusters uh and then that's their new fr that's their new franchise that they can make a sequel to and it'll do make them more and more money and so zynga is probably another in my mind is a cash flow for them that you know it's an avenue i don't know how well take two is doing with their mobile stuff but um if oh. zynga can come in and increase that it's only gonna make their value even better yeah all right, listen, Blah, I'm not doing this next story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, you I can, refuse. You can, you, can, you can skip it. I just wanted to say that Konami sucks. Yeah, um, Konami sucks. And Castlevania fans deserve better. Yep, Dang. Konami sucks. I agree. I, yeah. I just don't even that, want to. That, that's the only reason I uh, put it in there. Yep, yep. Konami sucks. Uh, quick, Konami sucks. 35th anniversary of, of for Castlevania. Instead of announcing something cool, they announced NFTs. Fuck you, Konami. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. A much cooler story. First details on FromSoftware's rumored new Armored Core leak. Dark I, Souls, a Bloodborne developer. Yeah, FromSoftware uh, used to be known primarily for its work on the Armored Core series. And now it looks like they will be back on that franchise. Uh, the copy describes the new Armor Core as a third-person shooter mecha action title that lets you move around an overwhelmingly scaled map that represents a unique sci-fi world with dynamic mech action. Uh, I haven't seen any of these images, but I am 100% in on them doing a new Armor Core. Yeah, no, uh, same here. I played some of the earlier ones on, I think, like, 
PlayStation and PlayStation 2, and they were fun games. Uh, I could only imagine what a solid mech game looks like in today's console generation. I can't remember the last good mech game we got outside of Titanfall. Like, and in Titanfall, the mechs were more of a side thing than the main uh, mode of transportation. So it'd be really cool to customize mechs and just go to town. I, I hope it's I, it's not just Dark Souls in a mech suit. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it will be, but yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, that one of the things I do love about From Software, I mean, they get, you know, plenty of credit about their you know game design and, and gameplay elements but also their environments are are fantastic like every genre they tackle they always knock it out of the park as far as environment environment storytelling is concerned and so to see them you know switch it up again it is is super exciting looking at these blurred out images it <laughs> does look like there's some cool environments here and some cool looking mechs um yeah i'm i'm excited <laughs> Christian, what about you? Excited. Um, don't know too much about it, so that's why I'm kind of keeping quiet about that one. But yeah, looks cool though. All right, I'm also excited about this next one. Drinkbox's wacky RPG, Nobody Save the World, is coming to Xbox Game Pass and launching January 18th for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I love Metroidvanias, and one of my favorite ones is Guacamelee. Mm -hmm. uh, have either of you two played Guacamelee? I played some or, of Guacamelee on the PSP yeah. or Vita, one of them. What's Guacamelee? So Guacamelee is a Metroidvania, so it's a action platformer, mm -hmm. and it stars a luchador who passes away, but then is brought back to life via this mask, and that's where he gets his power from, and he has to save the love of his life, also saving the world in the, in the process. It is absolutely fantastic, and I cannot wait for this next game from Drinkbox. I wish I had... Hold on, one real quick. Drinkbox also did another game on the Vita, because the Vita is the first place I also uh, found out about them. So they also did uh, Severed, which was uh, oh, yes. underrated, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And they did Mutant Blobs Attack, which is the first, the second game I played from them, because I played Guacamelee first. And that was fantastic as well. These guys are very, very good at what they do. And so to see them kind of take on this different genre, um, I'm, I'm super, super excited about it. So Nobody Saves the World puts players in the role of a featureless, anonymous sorcerer apprentice tasked with saving the day. Their magical abilities allow the player to transform into several different beings, animals, and objects, a rat, an egg, and a bodybuilder, for example, unlocking, mixing, and matching perks to overcome enemy mobs and clear out dungeons. Now, this, yeah, so this says uh, RPG, but I think it's RPG in the sense of an action RPG, similar to, like, Diablo, yeah. or I think that is the way the, the combat, if, I'm, if I recall correctly, is, is handling this. Um... But I don't know for certain. It honestly does not matter because I will play anything that these guys come out with until they prove me otherwise. Have Give me a reason not to. Have said how many player co-op this is? Because this might make for a fun stream. I mean, it's at least two, right? If it's co-op. Oh, yeah, <laughs> at least two. So let's get in there. Let's get this done. Uh, again, just showing, like, <sighs> Xbox Game Pass is, is insane. I know. It's so good. Christian, oh, you need an Xbox. That, 
this is it. Uh, uh, or or, 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 a game PC, or a gaming PC. But yeah. uh, I listen. I highly recommend. I have a Series S. I have a Series X. They're both fantastic. And at three hundred dollars, the Series S is kind of just kind of can't beat that. Uh, I do want to say that since we're talking about Game Pass, this isn't one of our stories. But did you see that PlayStation Plus physical yes. cards? were taken off of retailers in the UK. And apparently they've already started taking them out of retailers in the US. So uh, I think that November, rumored, yeah. yeah, so that rumored, you know, Spartacus program that upgraded PlayStation Plus uh, seems to be coming sooner rather than later. So that'll be yeah. interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, I saw <laughs> Jason Schreier tweet something uh, like that. So I'm, I imagine we'll be hearing it probably soon after Horizon launches. Uh, Going from hearing something sooner rather than later, we are now getting something later rather than sooner. Stalker 2 delayed until end of 2022. They came out and released statements saying that we have made a decision to postpone the release of Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl to December 8th, 2022. These additional seven months of development are needed to fulfill our vision and achieve the desired state of the game. Stalker 2 is the biggest project in the history of GSC and it requires thorough testing and polishing. We are convinced that development should take as long as necessary, especially in the case of such a project. Listen, if it needs more time, it needs more time. Yeah. Right? Like we talk about this all the time. A game is get delayed for a reason. I am curious if they hadn't received the backlash they did about the NFTs being in the game. Oh yes. And <laughs> If that had anything to do with it, having to actual, you know, if there was any extra development work that had to be due to remove that functionality or, um, I'm really excited about this game. I think this is like a potential sleeper hit mm -hmm. for this year, as long as it still comes out this year. I remember uh, I think... the E3 trailer being really nice. Uh, yeah, like it look graphically looks great. It has was this one of the creepy like vortexes or something like um in in the wild where like you're throwing or using like a machine yes yes okay yes 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 mm, maybe not i think we're confusing <laughs> i think we're confusing two different trailers i think we might be yeah uh or combining two different trailers i should say there are a lot of games with russians in them this uh, e3 <laughs> <laughs> All right, so while we now no longer have a definitive date for Stalker 2, a game we do have a new date for is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. So Kirby and the Forgotten Land will release on the Nintendo Switch on March 25th. Uh, they also got a new trailer that shows off some of the copy abilities and co-op. I... Oh, man. I think the last Kirby game I enjoyed was on like the original DS <laughs> or the DS Lite. Uh, uh, the touch one with the where you drew the path was probably the best Kirby game I played. I know that's probably blasphemous to someone in the chat, but <laughs> uh, that one was great. Uh, yeah, they should make more of those type of Kirby games. That being said, this one did have that trailer that made you know looked very much like what was it? Uh, Kirby the Last of Us is what people work yes. on it. And so I'm 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 very, very interested to see kind of what this is and what this ends up being. I will say that this trailer it looks makes a lot better. It, yeah. Uh it also looks 
I still feel like something. This is something my son will play, and he's probably right. gonna be seven months right. old by the time yeah. this comes out. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like this is something that I could play with my daughter and have her take the sticks and yeah. and, and play. So, uh, it looks cool. It looks cute. It looks cool. Yeah, yeah. right. I, it doesn't quite look like what I thought it would be with that first trailer coming out. It does look like it is sticking to being a more traditional Kirby game, just with you know the having an open world overworld you know mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. but i mean look i'm in you know yeah i i what i wasn't sold on it during its first reveal but i think this one has sold me on it so yeah i'm in as well if you like kirby you can't go wrong and that's how i see it yeah. man people and people who like kirby like kirby yeah that's exactly <laughs> yeah. i mean there, we could say it there is a less Kirby's... worse sonic fan yeah, no, but they're also still weirdos. Like, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. They have that hey, fetish I'll... that they tell you about, but you, you're like, <laughs> I don't need to know that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to ask for detail. <laughs> uh, our last bit of news for this week is Mario Kart 9 reportedly on the way. This time Finally. with a new twist. <laughs> Finally. It could, it could be announced as soon as this year. Uh, according to Sir Kantoto, an analyst with Catan Games, Mario Kart 9 is in active development and will come with a new twist. He shared his comments as part of an article on 2022 gaming predictions for GameIndustry.biz. Um, I mean, obviously we're going to get a new Mario Kart. <laughs> It'd be insane not to. And I think uh, an announcement this year with maybe a release uh, next year kind of makes a lot of sense considering how long ago Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was released. And how so, long has it been? Uh, that came out right around launch, right? Yeah, I think that might have been the launch title. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, and like, I bought a Wii U. It was a Mario Kart 8 bundle. So that was in 2014. Yeah. And so yep. I've been playing this game for almost yeah. eight years. Yeah. I need a new Mario Kart desperately. <laughs> I'm mm. interested to find out what this new twist is all about. Um, this time it's you choose the cards and they ride the Mario characters. No, instead of double dash, it's triple dash. There's just three players, <laughs> like yeah. But it's not like Bowser, it's not like Donkey Kong and like Wild yeah. Luigi. But they're they're not riding behind each other. They're actually on each other's shoulders yeah. in a long overcoat, trying to sneak into a movie they're not about to be in. Uh. <laughs> Do you think yeah. they expand the cast to like a Smash Brothers type thing where it's like it's like the extended? I mean, they had already started doing that yeah. with Mario Kart Eight, and with so yeah, I would I would absolutely expect something like that. I mean, well, why not? Right? They have that roster for a reason. They might as well use it. Use it. Uh, I'm all for that. I'm in. Yeah. No. I. I. I this is gonna be probably dub. This game will sell like twenty million copies in the first month. <laughs> uh, I like it. Still is I think one of the, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is still one of the top selling Nintendo Switch games, which is bonkers. Um, but everyone loves a good Mario Kart, and like they nailed it with Eight. Like honestly, I'm surprised they didn't do more DLC for Eight um, because there's not much more they need to change up. We just need more courses, um, and so I hope. What what are they do with nine is cool. They don't change too much in terms of the driving, but they like like I would love to see a season pass for Mario Kart, just with like new maps promised down the road. 
<sighs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a little bit of a moment it's been there. A lot uh, of <laughs> yeah, it's so weird too because all this came out in like I feel like the past couple twenty four hours. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, that wraps up all the news for this week. At this point, if anybody hanging in the chat has any questions, anything they want to talk about, we'll take questions from the chat. Uh, also, I just want to go back to some of the things that were mentioned earlier that uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about during. Uh, there was one MC. Oh, yeah. So somebody had pointed out, I think at the same time as, as you did when I was talking about watching The Promised Neverland versus Attack on Titan, they had asked, how is that better? But I answered that already in the fact that it's not that it's better. Honestly, it might even be worse, but it is a situation where I, I just have to pick and choose my depressing animes. I've been, uh, <laughs> just speaking of animes, I just want to give a, a short uh, plugs to the mangas of uh, Spy X Family, which is a great uh, comedy drama, uh, family drama. And uh, Kaiju number eight, which is exactly what you expect it to be, and it's a lot of fun. Hmm. If you need something to read, check those two out. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and just wrap this up. Uh, Bilal, why don't you let people know? Actually, Christian, why don't you start us off? Why don't you let people know where they can follow you on social media? You know, reiterate some of the sites that you're writing for. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me on X and underscore Angelus on Twitter and, of course, at theworkprint.com. We're, you know, always posting stuff on the regular. Um, the Wordprint podcast on Apple Podcasts uh, and uh, The Gamer. It took me a second <laughs> to remember. Uh, thegamer.com, where uh, I do listicles mostly. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I think that's all of them that you can follow me on. Um, but I'll have more news and stuff on my Twitter. It's usually where I stuff mostly these days so question i have one question for you hmm? i have one question for you what are sure. the what are these x-men elections all about oh so uh, marvel did uh, we're getting a lot of marvel stuff so i'll be posting all about it uh but yeah the x-men elections uh basically you can select uh which uh mutant gets uh to join the x-men uh this year but the poll ends and if you guys want to vote for it it ends in exactly one hour and I think 19 minutes or so. I can't do math. Or one hour and 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you can actually vote right now uh, who gets to join the X-Men team for this year. And they had one last year as well, but this one's uh, this year's campaign. I just and, thought uh, as long as you had a kind heart and mutant powers, you could be an X-Men. I mean, yes, but in, in terms of the story, they actually get written in. And if you partake in the elections this year and, you, and you're signed up for the Marvel Unlimited app, you also, uh, what's the word? You get to, um, sorry, I'm a little tired now. Uh, oh, you get, you might be actually be drawn in a comic. Cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm very curious about why X-Men were having elections and why that matters. So. Yeah. So they might be doing this every year, depending on how well this campaign did. So. Yeah. All right. Um. And you guys can follow me, Bilal, at, on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mion, on Twitch at Night Mystic. Tuesdays every week, we will be streaming Gloomhaven's campaign. We did that last night, too, <laughs> which started out as an utter disaster and almost ended in an even bigger disaster. But we pulled through with three of four of us dead. Um, it was chaotic. Um, there was also 
a side story in our stream of lost money. Um, yeah, yeah there, it's, there's a lot going on uh, in th those Gloomhaven streams. So if you like a good tabletop game and just want to come out and chat, um, come through. We usually start around 7 p.m. on uh, Tuesday night. So keep your eye out on the Twitter account for the Workprint and the Instagram account, um, both the Workprint on, on the respective platforms. Keep an eye out there, and uh, you'll find out. Um, you know, it's usually Tuesday at seven. But if anything changes, or we decide to do it uh, more often, you'll uh, uh, you'll see it there. Um, we also, as Christian mentioned earlier, we and Christian, fantastic job on the site. Uh, it really uh, has revitalized it uh, this January, and we're only twelve days in. Uh, we have a bunch of new writers. Uh, as we said, a lot of comic content going up for Marvel. Uh, Yellow Jackets uh, reviews have been doing well on the site, so if you've been watching Showtime's Yellow Jackets, tune into the site. Um, we have already, you know, our review will be live for the finale this Sunday once the episode finishes airing, and I believe Nicole is also covering a discovery of witches over on the yeah. site. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming, um, you know, game cast every week. I think we'll be doing some more streams as well with Extraction and uh, dropping on Game Pass next week or the week after yeah. uh, oh uh, resident alien uh, i'm gonna cover that too yeah uh, okay. yeah I, th I think it drops next week uh, also i'm just going to now that the holidays are, are done i i myself am just gonna hop on here for whatever i'm playing at the moment and and have some streams so expect to see me playing a lot of apex if you want to see me angry come watch me play apex <laughs> i i will tune it's, in for that yeah it's the it's the highest highs and the lowest lows. I had a I don't want to talk about it on the podcast, but I had a situation recently where I thought I was going to uninstall that game because of how hard we threw what should have been a first place finish. Isn't that the case every week, Rob? Isn't that I the just, case every week? <laughs> I, I, I just want to win. <laughs> anyway, uh, as always, you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0 on pretty much all social media and all the consoles and platforms out there. Thank you, everybody who came uh, and hung out with us in the chat, everybody who listens to the podcast afterwards. Uh, thank you so much, Christian, for coming and being a guest. I know we've been talking about this for a little while now, having you come on. and, and Yeah, this was really fun, dude. Thanks listen. for having me. Yeah. Um, and Bilal, I mean, listen, I, I say it every week, but thank you for – you know, it's it's one thing to take some time out in your busy schedule to play all these games that you've been playing and getting ready for game of the year. Like that mean that really does mean a lot uh, to me. Uh, and it's another thing for you to get on here early than we normally get on today to kind of get all this worked out. Uh, with, with me not giving you <laughs> the most notice <laughs> that we're on to get on here early. And I, I listen, this show wouldn't it be happening if it wasn't. I, you know what? It would be happening, but it would just be one screen, me, full cam, and it would be awful. So uh, thank you so much for everything you do, man. Thanks, I man. really, really do appreciate it. No, I, I, uh, I, I love doing this. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's a joy. It's my one break uh, that I do get through my week, and I look forward to doing it every week. No matter how tired I am, it's, it's always uh, it's always like a Red Bull before going to bed. So. Uh, real, real quick, we did have one thing from the chat. Uh, T Rivers one eight seven Taylor coming in here asking if I'm gonna grind to Predator. If 
if you put in the commitment that you'll be on always, right? And whoever <laughs> our third is agrees that I call all the shots and we're literally playing off of me the whole time, then yeah, we'll talk about grinding to masters <laughs> predator. Yeah, right. Is, we'll is talk that, about grinding to masters. Is that so? How's the tiers work? Where are you guys now, and how high so, do you have so, to go? So I uh, we're I'm uh, I <laughs> I know I know what you're trying to avoid. I I get to diamond. Yes, I would say I'm a diamond player. Yes, by rank. Uh, diamond. It goes so it goes, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, masters, and then predator. And predator is like top one hundred, top five hundred, something like that. Um, and I think it, it's it's like top. It's either top one hundred, top five hundred. It's one of those. Of uh, I think it's top five hundred of PC players or console players. Like that. I think that's the divide. And so once you get to masters, once once you get to each tier, you can't drop out of that tier. But obviously, there's like divisions within them. Um, and I get to I can get to diamond fairly easily. We'll say. Uh, and uh, and uh, and so yeah, that's uh, most of us. Me and my friends, we're around the high platinum to to low diamond rank. <laughs> Does everybody deserve to be there? I don't. I mean, that's a you know, that's a different story. Are some people? Do some people deserve to be higher than they actually are? I mean, I, I would say yes to that as well. Uh, certainly me. But uh, anyway, <laughs> let me let's get out of here before I show my foot my mouth anymore. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for being on. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, as always, the best way to support us, in my opinion, is to tell other people. When we have this many people in chat hanging out, it's it's honestly when it's the most fun. And until next time, bye-bye.